Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, October 27th. 
Mark your calendars for BOF Voices 2023, which takes place from November 28th to November 30th, as always, featuring industry icons, cultural disruptors, and business moguls, delivering a rich tapestry of insights and perspectives on fashion and the wider world. And to get into the Voices mood, in the coming weeks, we will be sharing some of my favorite conversations going all the way back to 2016. This week, we revisit a special conversation with the inspiring Adut Akage, one of the industry's top models, having appeared on the covers of a plethora of international magazines and walked for some of the biggest names in luxury fashion from Chanel and Dior to Prada and Valentino. But Adut's story started in South Sudan and Kenya, where she was a refugee before her family relocated to Australia. I will always be a refugee because that's who I am. No amount of money or my status or how famous or whatever the case is, I'm always going to be a refugee and I am proud of who I am. Adut came to Oxfordshire for Voices 2018 and sat down with our editor-at-large Tim Blanks to share her journey into the world of fashion. Here's Adut Akage on the BOF podcast. Adud, just before we talk, I, I wanted to say that one of fashion's most seductive synchronicities is that between model and moment. I think of Twiggy or Varushka or Linda Evangelista or Kate Moss, where the model defines the moment so perfectly that she becomes something more. I think this is Adut's moment for sure. But it's so interesting to be with her and participating in a talk that she has called, I Will Always Be a Refugee. And obviously that is an irresistible point to start our talk. So, Adut, why will you always be a refugee? (laughs) Okay, well, can I first start off by saying good afternoon, everyone. It is an absolute honour to be in this room filled of such inspirational people for the past two days. I've been listening to many stories and many people and every time I have left this room I have felt so inspired and I've obtained so much knowledge and things that I had no idea about before. So thank you to each and every one of you guys that have shared your stories and have taught me something. It's crazy to be here. Um, It's my first time speaking in front of a lot of people. I'm not really good with public speaking, so when I... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, When I first found out that I had made the list of the BOF 500, I was blown away because I had known about business of fashion, I followed them, and never ever did it cross my mind that I would be one of the 500 people who's making some sort of positive impact within the fashion industry. When I found out, when my agent told me about the gala in New York City, I asked her, I was like, how and why? Why me? So when I attended the gala, I met Imran for the first time, and I remember asking him, why me? (laughs) And he said, for the past year, I've been following your journey, and you are so inspiring. And I was like, if I can inspire someone like Imran, that proves that I can not only inspire models, but I can inspire so many different people from different fields of the industry, from various industries. And then he asked me about my story, and I told him about it, and 
here I am today, found out about voices, and as nervous as I was, because I don't usually speak in front of a lot of people, I was so excited because, you know, I get to be here and share with you guys about my story, and it's just such an absolute honor. So now, <laughs> we can Why get into will you always be a refugee? Why will I always... I will always be a refugee because that's who I am. Like I've mentioned before, no amount of money or my status or how famous or whatever the case is, I'm always going to be a refugee and I am proud of who I am. And that's why I always say I'm always going to be a refugee. That's, I don't know, like I said... Does, it's does that mean you feel like you belong nowhere? Or do you feel... I feel, I feel like I belong everywhere, really. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah, that's the answer. I do. I feel like anywhere in the world is a home for me and I belong. Because before when we were talking, I wondered what your earliest memory was. Because you've lived very distinct lives. Yes, I have. So quite surprisingly, I have pretty good memory of, you know, when I was younger in the camp. As, you know, some of the best memories I have is just being a child. I didn't know I was in a refugee camp. It never felt like I was in a refugee camp. You know, I had my cousins there and I had friends and... Some of the best memories was just running around and being a child and playing, you know, not worrying about anything. And then there was the terrifying memories. I'm like four and, you know, being a four-year-old, you don't really understand what's going on, but you have some sort of gut feeling or sense that something is not right. And I remember there would be times where my family and my relatives and people around me would be scared because... They thought that there was people coming to kidnap their kids and kill us and all of this. So, you know, our families would be packing up and we would all get in groups and try and stay together. And I, I never bothered to ask what was going on, but I knew that something wasn't right. So it was, you know, as I have those good memories, I also have them terrifying memories that, you know, I wish that no child ever has to feel and... Because your family was split up, weren't they? Yes. So my family, when I was born, I was born in South Sudan, my family was fleeing war, and then they landed in Kakuma refugee camp where I grew up, and Kakuma was my first home. You know, some of my family is still back in South Sudan right now. I have family in Kakuma, I have family in Nairobi, I have family in South Sudan, I have family everywhere around the world. So yes, we were split up, but... Um, and how did you get from Kenya to Australia then? Because um, it seemed you ended up in Adelaide in Australia, which seems quite random, except it wasn't, was it? No. Um, so my auntie actually first went to Australia with my older sister, and they started a visa process for my mother and my younger sister and my older cousin. And... The visa process was a whole lot easier because my sister had a mother and, you know, when you have family, it's so much... It's not that easy, but it was so much easier. And when we got approved for our visa, you know, we left everything that we had in Kenya and we went to Australia and we landed in Adelaide and we started our new life there. And you were reunited. <laughs> yes, we were with my older sister who I hadn't seen for a few years as she went to Australia a few years before us and she, you know, she's like my best friend and, and all my other family that was in Australia before us. And See, I, ha I have friends who, who, who were refugee children who ended up in a completely different culture from the one that they were familiar with. <laughs> and it was an incredibly disorienting, disorienting experience which they've really spent the rest of their lives coping with. But 
I'm curious what your experience was landing in Australia, completely different from anything you knew, where you had to acclimatize yourself to a, a new education system, for example. Right. Right. I mean, when I was in Kakuma, you know, in Kenya, my mother could not afford, I wanted to go to school so bad, but my mother could not afford for me and my younger sister to go to school. She, you know, she had a lot of people to look after. My mom's a single mom and she's been a single mom since I was a child. And that was something I really wanted to do. So that was one of the things I was really excited about going to Australia because I had heard stories about, you know, education is free there. And I was like, Yes, I get to go to school. So the first thing I wanted to do when I landed in Adelaide was enroll in school. And, you know, leaving everything I had behind in Kenya, like, I was mindful and open-minded about this new lifestyle that I'm about to start. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was Australia was going to be like or, you know, the opportunities it was going to give me. I didn't expect anything at all. I kind of just went with the flow and... I adapted to Australia very quickly, and I think most children do adapt to new things very quickly, but Australia became home to me so quickly. Went to school, loved school, never wanted to... I didn't want the weekend to come because I wanted to go to school every single day, meeting new people. I learned English so quickly, and I just... Were you a super tall I was actually very tall. I think I stopped growing when I was like 14 because then my sleeping got messed up and my eating and everything. But I was a tall, lanky kind of weird. I don't really, I'm only talkative when I'm comfortable around someone, but I'm very shy at first and I don't really like talking. So I just kind of sat in the corner minding my own business. And I always had some sort of love and passion for fashion like I loved using me and my older sister would take my auntie's makeup and start doing you know playing with it and our mom would get mad and whatnot but always had that sort of connection with fashion but the you know modeling came about when I started seeing people like Alekwak and Naomi Campbell on TVs and then I would go print out their posters and I'd post them on my wall and I was like I want to be like them I want to do what they do and then it really came about in year seven when I was this tall lanky skinny I don't know, model figure. And my year seven teacher started telling me, you should be a model. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to be a model. But I didn't really know anything about modeling. Um, I guess I just liked the look of Naomi Campbell and I like, but I didn't really understand anything about modeling. That's good. You saw yourself in fashion, though. So right. you could imagine yourself actually doing it because... Yeah, that, I mean, I loved clothes. I loved makeup. I loved anything. You know, I loved dressing up and... I'd always take my sister's makeup and do it at school, and then they would call my mom and tell my mom, and I'd be like, no, I didn't. <laughs> but, but if you had all this new opportunity, what, what did your mother want you to do? The biggest thing that my mother wanted me to do was to get an education, because that's something that she really wanted to do. And when we first moved to Australia, she told all of us, like, she wants us to go to school and get an education degree and things like that, and she'll be a proud mom and all of that. So the biggest thing was education. And I wanted education for myself, not only for my mom, but also for myself. And that was what I went for. And I got my education. I graduated high school last year and I made my mom proud, like I promised her. When I first moved to Australia, I promised my mom three things. I said, I'm going to finish high school, I'm going to buy you a car and I'm going to buy you a house. And those three things, I have achieved two of them, which is completing high school and buying my mom a car. And I'm currently in the process of trying to buy my mom a house. So, <laughs> All by the age of 18. 
What car did you buy her? Hmm? What car did you buy her? So for the longest time, my mom was talking about how she wanted a Jeep, and then I was like, okay, it's going to be expensive. So I'm really going to have to save. And then in the end, she's like, you know what? I don't even want a Jeep anymore. They're like super expensive, and they, you know, she just had reasons as to why she didn't want it. So she wanted a, a Nissan, like the latest model of, I guess, a five-seater family car, Nissan, and. That's the one that I got her. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. How how were you discovered then? You said you were you became sort of fascinated by modeling. How, how were you actually discovered? So I've actually been scouted at like shopping centers and airports and things like that. But my first experience with modeling was I had an auntie who did a bit of modeling, and then she started designing some African fabric print clothes. And then she would have these mini shows in the city, Rondo Mall in Adelaide. And when I said I wanted to model after my year seven teacher had stressed it to me so much, I told my mom, she was like, you're 12. Like, well, what are you going to do? You know, you're in year seven. And she was not with it, so I tried to convince her she didn't. So I tried to get my auntie to convince her, and she was like, no, she's too young. But then my auntie asked me to be in her show, and I was like, yes, but you're going to have to ask mom because she's not going to be okay with it. So she asked mom. Mom didn't think anything of it. She was like, oh, whatever, you know, cool. So I did the show, and my first time walking on a runway, I just had this feeling like, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. Why? Why do you think? I don't know. I cannot describe why, but I feel like maybe it was just in me that modeling was something I wanted to do, and it's, I don't know, like, I just fell in love instantly. It was like love at first sight. Went on the runway, and I was like, this is it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know anything about modeling, but this, I know that this is what I want to do. You do. think you said you were shy, but you think being on the runway allowed you to be a show-off, so you could become something else? I feel like when I'm on the runway, I'm a whole different person. I'm like, I'm not shy, um... So, yeah, maybe it's a way of showing off. I don't know. Because then that happened really quickly that you were taken to Paris right away. I mean, just like, talk about a fairy tale. I mean, that just hardly ever happens. So yeah. You didn't exactly have to kind of... I mean, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming at all. Um, I was in Melbourne doing a Melbourne Fashion Week. I was in school, so it was so hard to convince my mom to let me take that one week off school, but she did. So I was in Melbourne doing shows. I get a call from my agent telling me, oh, St. Laurent wants some headshots of you. And I was like, oh, okay, didn't think anything of it. I'm like, St. Laurent, you know. So <laughs> I was like, you know, what do they want? So I went in, I did the headshots, didn't think anything of it, went on about with my week, finished my shows, and then I flew back home to Adelaide. And I get a call two days later from my agent telling me, and he was speaking so fast, so I didn't understand him. And he was like, you might possibly be going to Paris this Friday. And I was like, Okay, all right. And he was, I missed the part where he said for Saint Laurent, but then I was like, oh, I'm going to Paris. Like, what am I going to Paris for exactly? So I called him back and he was like, oh, it's for Saint Laurent. They want to go see you. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, it's crazy. My mom was actually, she went to Kenya and then she arrived a day before I left. So I called her. And she was like, um, like, what about school and all of that? I'm like, mom, it's just for a couple of days. I promise I'll do my homework. Um, yes, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> so two days later, I flew to Paris. I, you know, it was my first time flying out of Australia in a long time. So nobody had told me I had to wear like compression stockings or anything like that. So I didn't move in the plane. My foot swelled up actually. 
And it was pretty bad because I spent the first eight hours in Paris at the hospital. So straight after, my, there's no shoe that was fitting my foot. I thought I was going to lose my foot. I was freaking out. It was very painful. And I really thought that they were going to cut me from the show. Because, you know, I was just going for a meeting. I braced myself that, okay, if they don't like me, they're not going to choose me. But at least I get a free trip to Paris, whatever. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I went, and every day I was going to Saint Laurent to see them. I didn't hear anything about being confirmed or being denied, and I just started getting very frustrated. And then my foot—I was like, they're definitely not going to accept me. You know, my foot was like a size. One foot was a size 41, and the other was a 38. I was like, there's no way. But it was painful, and it hurt. And every morning I'd wake up crying, like, why? Why me? Why is this happening at this time? And then the day of the show came, we're doing rehearsals. Originally, I was supposed to wear high heels, and I just couldn't do it. Like, my foot was just in so much pain, and that was it. Like, I, I was like, yeah, I just messed this up, you know? There's no way they're going to use me now. You know, a few hours before the show, they ended up changing the shoes to men tuxedo shoes. <laughs> and I got to walk my first ever Saint Laurent show, and that's no, where I, it all started, really. I mean, I remember, I remember your debut. I remember every show you were in, and that hardly ever happens. And and it just felt to me, as I said before, that the timing was so perfect. Were you conscious yourself from the way people reacted to you that you represented something new or something different in modeling and in fashion? That it happened so fast, people, it was like people had been waiting for you. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I mean. What do you think you represent now in, in modeling? When the fashion industry uh, has been, you know, making this big point of becoming a much more diverse place right mm. across the board. Do you think, do you feel that you're a part of that? Yes, I do, 100%. I, I'm so grateful that I have came into modeling at a time like this where I get to be a part of this positive impact that's happening within the industry. And, you know, I mean, I haven't been modeling for that long, but each year, like, the diversity and inclusivity gets better and better every year. And it's just, it's amazing to be a part of this sort of movement that's happening. You know, I represent black girls. I represent refugees. I represent people who came from nothing and have made something out of themselves. I feel like I represent a lot of things, and you know, I sit here proudly today, knowing that I'm inspiring a lot of people, and just like how I looked up to people like Alec Wack for inspiration, now I, you know, people look up to me for inspiration, and I don't think there's no greater feeling in this world than that. And that doesn't, that doesn't overwhelm you. You feel you have a responsibility to represent. I do get overwhelmed like any human being does, but, you know, I feel like I have this responsibility to represent, you know, young girls and boys. You know, I don't only have little girls that look up to me, but there's also boys who message me telling me that, you know, I inspire them and what I do, you know. And it's not just people who want to model. It's, you know, people message me telling me that I've inspired them to love their black skin and I inspire them to, you know, chase their dreams because I'm a big believer of dreams. And in every post, I always say, you know, if you have a dream, just go for it because you'll never know. And, and, and what do you imagine will happen now? What would you like to come next? I want this movement that is happening within the industry to get better and better, more diversity, more inclusivity. And I'm just 
really, really excited to see where we're going to head with this. So far, we're doing a great job. I'm, I like to acknowledge the industry for, I don't know, the movement that's happening right now. Well, I'm going to look in my crystal ball, and I think at the British Fashion Awards next week, you're probably going to be model of the year. I, I don't know, fingers crossed. I mean, I just got best Australian model of the year with that. I'm not usually right, but I think I might be right this time. <laughs> I so thank you very much, Abid. Thank it's you wonderful so much. BOF Voices 2023 takes place from November 28th to November 30th. To register for this year's global live stream, follow the link in the episode notes. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.